Hello, San Diego biz babes. Your host, Paulina Salazar, welcomes a podcast where passion meets income. Here we aspire to inspire. For more information, visit SanDiegoBizBabes.com. SanDiegoBizBabes.com. Hey, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. I just wanted to do a quick recap here. Um, Wes and I go way back. We used to work together, and I've just grown very fond of him. Much respect to him. He's not in the States, so we had to do it over the phone. But initially, I just reached out. I knew he had been posting somewhat about blockchain and Bitcoin and things like that. So I thought it was really fascinating. It's come up a lot in my life recently. And I felt like the conversation that I had with them should be recorded uh, just for educational purposes for you guys too. Because like myself, I want to learn every day and I just want to grow. And this is definitely something I think worth listening to. So thanks again for tuning in. We definitely have a productive conversation about it right now. So we could. Good. Yeah. No, I just really, I feel like it's something that's come up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. even with people in my industry, I'm in the real estate industry, but n- not only them, but even just like friends of friends and people, I'm just like starting to hear way more about it. And I really do yeah, like, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. I yeah. like, like what I have recently heard, um, which is like, they're trying to with blockchain and Bitcoin and everything. They're just trying to basically have it so that it becomes, something that everyone can use, but more so the government. So I guess. Well, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of uh, information out there. I would say that um, the market right now, as far as like the awareness about the technology and, you know, its use cases and what it can be used for, it's a little bit oversaturated. So there's a lot of noise, but um, I know me, like I try to, you know, I'm very picky about the sources and where I like pull my information from and stuff, especially and related to, like, blockchain and cryptocurrency, because it's, it's a relatively new market. So, you know, there's still a lot, you know, a lot of sorting out of, of information right now and stuff yeah. like that. But, so if we can, like, yeah, back backtrack, how would you, like, what what's the definition for somebody listening that doesn't know what, I feel like most people know what Bitcoin is, but feel free to give, like, mm-hmm. like a dumb it down version on, on everything because again I'm going into this like I don't know anything this is just something that keeps getting brought up and I know you're really passionate about okay. it so thank you for oh yeah definitely uh, we're, we're, yeah definitely definitely um well to to dumb it down a little bit um there's many different ways that uh we can explain blockchain technology um the way that I like to describe uh, blockchain to newbies is as follows and I and I did uh explain this to you via text uh, a little bit ago as well, but I like to always use that to, you know, start the conversation because it sets the tone, you know what I'm saying? So blockchain technology is a method of storing data utilizing a decentralized database, sort of like a digital ledger for record keeping. But the records are stored and secured by a decentralized network, and we'll get into what that actually means. Mm-hmm. Um, so imagine, right, imagine there's millions of connected computers all around the world running this blockchain-based software, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially, every one of these computers will have a record of the entire state of the ledger, a.k.a. blockchain, 
I'm sure you're familiar with with what a ledger is, right? It's just a an accounting system. It's a way that you keep records of mm-hmm. ownership or keep records of data, right? Okay. So now, though, let me further illustrate this in your imagination, right? Um, so try to imagine in your mind's eye like a block or a square, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it helps it. I'm really going to, it's going to get a little elementary right now, but <laughs> no, that's like I said, it helps set, mm-hmm. yeah, it helps set the tone, right? So there's three participants, right? We have Adam, we have Jill, and we have Tony, right? Okay. What we're going to do, we're going to record the balances of each participant utilizing a blockchain, right? Mm-hmm. So, we're going to start with block number one, right? So, block number one says that Adam owns one Bitcoin. Jill owns two Bitcoins, and Tony owns zero Bitcoins, right? Okay. This is the data or the information that's stored in the first block, right? Okay. So, now let's say that Jill sends Tony one Bitcoin, right? Now, mm-hmm. we have to update the blockchain to record that transaction. So, we add a block and create a chain. So that means now we're moving on to the second block, right? Because we have to update the ledger. Or we have to update the chain or the uh, the record, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in block number two, Adam owns one Bitcoin, Jill owns one Bitcoin, and Tony owns one Bitcoin. Yeah. Right? And that's the current state of this hypothetical blockchain that I'm describing right now, right? Got it. So... So anytime a transaction happens over over the Bitcoin network, that transaction is verified and processed by the network. And a new block is added to the chain of blocks in chronological order, one after another. Follow me? Mm-hmm. So, so all in all, simply put that, you know, the simplest way that you can really explain a blockchain is just trying to compare it to like a traditional ledger or, or a traditional way of keeping records, but you're doing it, you're employing a method in which you store this data via a decentralized database, right? Mm -hmm. And you're doing it in chronological order, one after another. And it's that structure, it's that technological structure which secures the network and the chain, and it's also the decentralization as well. Okay, got it. So so basically that's how they're able to... Like, I heard that they're, the government, or at least people are trying to get them so that, like, eventually money can be traced, right? So you'll, we'll be able, like, uh, yeah, like, I mean, that's on a mass level, but that's mm, technically. Sure, it, 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 huh? yeah, it can, they can definitely use blockchain technology to actually, um, you know, trace transactions and try to associate those transactions with physical identity, but Bitcoin specifically, Bitcoin, they refer to Bitcoin as being pseudo-anonymous, right? So let's say that I have Bitcoin in my digital wallet, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to send you one Bitcoin, right? You can't look at the blockchain. The blockchain doesn't tell you, like, the physical identity of the person that sent that transaction. All it tells you is that a wallet address sent the transaction to another wallet address. Mm-hmm. So that's why they call it pseudo-anonymous, right? Mm-hmm. That's what Bitcoin specifically. Mm-hmm. And there's ways that you can circumvent from people trying to trace and use um, use IP addresses and IP addresses addresses like a specific address designated to your mobile device or your laptop or your internet connection. I see. Right. So, so if governments wanted to use blockchain to actually trace tr- 
transactions and try to, you know, monopolize the whole idea of currency or whatever, they would have to create their own uniquely constructed blockchain that has those properties built within it or, or coded within it. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, so I just thought it was a great idea because they're saying like, like, mm-hmm. you know, if they track if they track the money, then they're gonna be able we're gonna be able to track where our tax money's going. <laughs> so it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and that that is and that is a positive thing. Uh, I think we were talking about this too. Um, that mm-hmm. is a positive thing is being able to knowing you know know exactly our where our dollars are going. You know, once we pay our taxes, because as you know today, like it's hard, probably impossible to walk up to the IRS and be like, show me your books and show me your records. They're not going to do that. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. there's a lot of mistrust in that arena and blockchain is definitely a solution that can solve that problem. Okay. How did you, so how did you end up getting so interested in it? Did you just like buy your first Bitcoin or how did you get started? Dude, that, yeah, that's, um, it, it, you know, um, it's super interesting. Um, it really started in, uh, 2013, right? Uh, way back when, I remember me and my brother was studying like the evolution of money and what money actually is. Mm-hmm. And in our pursuit to gain financial literacy about money, Bitcoin was something that just naturally came across our research, right? Mm-hmm. So naturally, we were curious. We went down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, you can say. Now, unfortunately, back then, we didn't necessarily have the capacity to really understand what Bitcoin was from a technological perspective, so the idea kind of faded away. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. fast forward four years later, 2017, um, personally, I wasn't in the best place financially during this time. Mm-hmm. And it was actually one of the hardest years of my life, financially speaking. So I decided to make a drastic change, devote all of my spare time into studying markets and investing again, and ultimately that led me back to Bitcoin. But this time, I had all the motivation in the world to understand what Bitcoin and blockchain technology is. So fast forward to the present, I can honestly say that it was probably one of the best decisions of my life. Because during this particular period of time, I had to sacrifice like almost everything, right? I I wasn't going out. I wasn't hanging out, you know, chilling with people. It was just me in front of my computer, reading books, studying um going to conferences and try to understand as much as I possibly could because I knew that I had a sense that the technology was something extremely positive for, like, the world in general. And I also knew that, you know, if I really get involved with this, it it may be something that, you know, could change my, change the direction of my life, financially speaking. So, So I'm definitely glad that I, you know, invested that time and energy. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So why do you think people haven't, purchase like what are your thoughts on bitcoin and then like why haven't people more people kind of jumped into it what do you think are some of the hesitations why haven't people what do you mean like why they haven't like implemented the technology or why like people are hesitant from actually like buying it all yeah like why are they hesitant on buying it because i know I, i haven't bought in it because i feel like personally i just don't know much about it but i almost feel yeah, kind yeah. of like uh a little like I'm selling myself short because technology is growing yeah. and I don't know I don't yeah. foresee it not not going this way you know yeah so. um, well well it's definitely uh something about awareness as well right generally speaking 
most people don't have a good understanding about how money works in general, right? Mm -hmm. Like even the dollar. Most people can't tell you like the different kinds of functions and features that, you know, the Federal Reserve has to print money, destroy money, raise a lower interest rate. A lot of people don't care about that stuff. All they care about is can I buy my goods, products, and services with this dollar? That's the only thing that matters, right? I don't need to know all of the complexities yeah. in the background. Also, Bitcoin, specifically speaking, is a very abstract and, you know, hard concept to grasp for people, right? It's like, yeah. it's purely digital, right? And it's like, well, what is this? Even though people are becoming more accustomed to digital transactions, you know, Venmo, Cash App, Zelle, and so on and so forth, but the idea of Bitcoin is very hard to grasp at first, right? You really have to be willing to... to, to study this and spend a lot of time to really like you know gain a good sense of it to make a rational decision about whether or not you want to risk your money your time and your energy in these markets or whatnot yeah um but actually you know there is a lot of adoption that is currently happening mm -hmm. with uh blockchain technology specifically almost every major industry and company in the world mm -hmm are finding unique ways of implementing this technology. For example, uh, Microsoft is leveraging the Bitcoin blockchain to create decentralized identification networks, right? Yeah. Um, there's a very specific complicated method that they do that, but they're leveraging the technology to build identification in a decentralized way, right? Yeah. There's also a variety of sh uh, shipping companies that utilize blockchain to track supply chains, right? So, like, Walmart uses uh, blockchain to track the supply chain of their uh, produce and so on and so forth and other products as well. Um, even in the real estate industry, right, uh, blockchain is being leveraged there as well. It allows, for, uh, it allows for the tokenization of shares of ownership of property. See what I'm saying? So, mm -hmm. what this means is, is that in this real estate industry that people can essentially tokenize and that means being able to create a digital representation of a share of ownership of that particular property or piece of real estate or whatever right mm -hmm. so imagine that you had a piece of real estate that was worth a hundred million dollars and you took a loan out for it and you bought it but you wanted to raise money to kind of you know hedge or whatever the case may be mm -hmm. you can tokenize fractions of that of that building or that 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 land or whatever that you can go to investors that can buy little portions of it. Then that way you can raise that money, pay back the loan or what have you. You yep. see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, it also makes the process a lot more transparent and a lot more efficient too, as well as like paperwork and so on and so forth. So, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that people will continue to be hesitant in getting into this market. It's just a matter of educating people. And, and people being willing to do the research and look for, you know, the, the connect, connecting the dots so they can actually grasp these concepts and these ideas because they are new. Yeah. They're definitely new. Yeah. And new is always scary, I guess, for people. It takes them a while to yeah. adopt. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Including myself. Absolutely. Do you see any, like, do you see, do you foresee any issues with, blockchain like if there was like something that somebody can argue back as to why they don't believe in it like is there something that you've heard um, yeah there's, there's definitely a lot of good arguments for it look first and foremost i don't want to you know like 
influence anybody to to get into these markets without doing the proper research. But there are a lot of things about blockchain technology right now that that makes it uh, uh, incapable of uh, of scaling to a a global uh, on a global scale. So what I mean by that is is that Bitcoin specifically can only handle so many transactions per second, right? Mm-hmm. And currently that's only about seven transactions. In comparison, Visa can handle, you know, tens of thousands of transactions per second, I believe. Yeah. Right? So as far as Bitcoin's, you know, first-generation technology, it's still not ready for that mainstream, but the technology is being worked on. Mm-hmm. It is being developed and it is getting better. Um, uh, also, it really depends on the type of blockchain as well. So some blockchains, like Bitcoin specifically, are decentralized, transparent, borderless, censorship-resistant, tamper-proof, and open and available for anybody in the world to use. Mm -hmm. Other blockchains have varying degrees of centralization, which defeats the entire purpose, in my opinion, but that's a matter of uh, preference. But specifically speaking, some of these more decentralized blockchains require users to claim self-sovereignty, right? And what that means is, for instance, if I send a Bitcoin transaction to the wrong address, uh, there's no, there, there's really no way of reversing that transaction, which means I would lose my funds mm-hmm. unless the address that received those funds are gracious enough to send those coins back. Mm-hmm. But that's often not the case. Um, also, as an individual user, I'm responsible for securing my digital blockchain-based assets. If I lose the password or the private key to a wallet that holds my digital assets, I effectively lose everything that's contained within that digital wallet. Mm. So, and that's what I mean by self-sovereignty, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's true that I can store my digital assets with custodial exchanges like Coinbase or Gemini or a variety of other custodians, but that completely defeats the purpose of having a digital asset that's not controlled by central organizations. Okay. That's why we always recommend learning how to secure and own digital assets yourself. Mm-hmm. That takes research and study yeah. and stuff like that. But, um, but you know, if, if people don't spend that time to do the research, and then there can be a lot of, you know, people can lose money in these markets. Not only that, these markets are free. They're not controlled by central organizations. So, that leads to a lot of volatility in these markets as well, right? You, so as you know, you've probably seen the price of Bitcoin over the last couple of months. It should have been going crazy, right? Yeah. So you also have to be able to stomach that. But, you know, I do have my own personal opinion about volatility and stuff. Not really an opinion either. It's an observation based off, you know, long-term charts and, and, and historical data and stuff like that. But, but most people are not familiar or aware of that chart you know you wake up one morning and you just lost 10% of you know your dollar denominated value you know you may you know throw up or something right that doesn't feel good so that's something that people have to be wary of and aware of and be willing to you know stomach if they want to start playing in these markets that are still growing you know yeah. what I'm saying so, I guess that would yeah. kind of fits perfect on my next point that I had question on it would which would be like what do you think the biggest challenges are for them for people looking to get into the industry or anything like that and I guess it would be just like how crazy it fluctuates because yeah, yeah. once you and understand I, that but, of, 
But it's like any other stock, right? It's like Bitcoin is, I mean, if you just leave it in there, it might go back up, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, one of the core ideas that this is one of those things, too, that a lot of people don't think about, but Bitcoin in and of itself is a complete monetary system, right? So when we want to, when we want to, like, for instance, right, we price goods, services, and products in dollars, right? Why is that? It's because, you know, government, you know, influences us to do that. And it's just familiar. Like, we were born in a, during a time where we don't, we didn't have no other choice but to use the dollar-denominated price structure in order to price goods, products, and services, right? So Bitcoin in and of itself could be used as a unit of account. So, and that, that completely eliminates the dollar volatility if that happens, right? But yeah. people have to accept Bitcoin in that particular way and they have to trust that. They don't necessarily have to trust because they can always verify from a technological perspective, but they have to be confident that, you know, there's going to be a social consensus around, you know, how much how much Bitcoin does this particular product cost or how much am I going to pay for where how much Bitcoin's worth am I going to pay for this trip or whatever like that? So as far as like pricing and utilizing Bitcoin to set prices, that's something that still has to be developed and evolved because um, essentially it's something that naturally happens. It's called uh, price discovery. But a lot of people like to continue to think about Bitcoin from a dollar-denominated perspective. They always think about the price in dollars. Whereas you could think about Bitcoin in and of itself. Now, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Bitcoin's monetary policy. Um, built into the code base itself, it says that there will only ever be 21 million coins, right? Individual coins. And each one of these digital coins essentially can be broken down into 100 million individual pieces. So each Bitcoin has 100 million individual pieces, right? Mm -hmm. So... You could essentially take that and you know that with, with that structure right then and there, that can help people start to make predictions and start to price things because they already know the circulating supply at any given point of time. So, I mean, if there's it, only, it kind of got a, you said, said 21 million? Yeah, there will ever only be, according to the current consensus of the technology, there will only ever be 21 million. Now, all all those coins are not currently in circulation. There's a process called mining, and that you know that gets into some of the technological aspects of it. But but yeah, there's that, that's the upper limit for the maximum supply. Wow, that's pretty cool. Wow. If you can own even like five of them, and then just hold yeah, exactly, on to them right? for there's, years. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people like to speculate with Bitcoin because of that scarce nature of it. Mm -hmm. um, but that mm -hmm. leads to speculative bubbles, and that's one of the reasons why it's so volatile as well, is because of its scarce nature. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Okay. Yeah, definitely. No, that that was very helpful. I, I definitely feel like I understand it a lot better. Um, mm -hmm, I, sure. I did start seeing a lot of, like, restaurants and stores that would have, like, a very small print like we accept bitcoin but i, I felt yeah, like yeah. it kind of fell off a little bit um is that just me or, or what is your opinion on that oh uh, well it's 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 not it's not abundantly obvious right now like there's it's still a very niche market meaning to say that you know you can't go everywhere and 
spend Bitcoin. Now, you can spend Bitcoin indirectly, right? So, for instance, there's a variety of companies out there that issue uh, Visa debit cards and where I can take my Bitcoin and I can essentially load it to these debit cards and then I can go spend that wherever this Visa debit card is accepted, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not the point, right? Because that, that you're, you're essentially going back towards a centralized method of payment mm -hmm. because you have to rely on the card issuer and so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. but, but as far as like peer-to-peer -peer transactions with Bitcoin, it is, you know, gaining more and more traction around the world. And truth be told, America is not even the leading country in regards to Bitcoin, right? It's in Asia. This is where a lot of the development and a lot of the interest happens at because, as you know, like, specifically China is one of the most heavily restricted financial countries in the world, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people in China are more attracted to utilizing Bitcoin so they can circumvent those harsh uh, financial policies in China as well. So you naturally see more development and more interest in these Asian-based countries and cities and so on and so forth to be able to, you know, integrate Bitcoin in everyday businesses and so on and so forth. But I'm pretty confident that one day you will see more and more companies, like one day you may see Walmart saying like, yeah, we you can pay with Bitcoin here, but, you know, who knows, that may be a couple of years away. Yeah. What is your take on, like, everything happening in the current situation with, like, the stock market? Oh, um, man. With, yeah, um, that's, um, see, see, um, there's, uh, how can I put it? Um, Bitcoin was, you know, it, it was created, uh, it was proposed back in 2008, right? Mm -hmm. And you remember what happened in 2008. The stock market crash, or, the, you know, the real estate yeah. uh, crash or whatever that happened, right? So... Mm -hmm. It was really an idea that was born through that chaos and through that crisis during that time. And the first Bitcoin block was produced on January 3rd, 2009. So it was really something born out of this, this distaste for governments having the ability to print money and inflate the economy and control interest rates, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it, it, it was created back then. Um, so the idea is that we fast forward to today. And we start to see some of these similar economic chaotic events. Of course, you know, you can't predict the virus, and that has a huge influence on what we're seeing in the markets as well. Mm -hmm. But if you've been paying attention to the federal government and the Federal Reserve, they're talking about infinite inflate or infinite uh, quantitative easing, meaning to say that there's no limit to how much money they're going to be printing for the next couple of weeks, right? Mm -hmm. ultimately, that's going to lead to a devaluation of the dollar, meaning it's inflation. So prices of goods and services and products go up, and the dollars that we save in our accounts are worth less and less and less the more money that they print. So Bitcoin was literally designed for this kind of chaos, this kind of economic chaos. Mm -hmm. It has a finite supply, and it's a way to hedge I'm not saying it doesn't have no risk. You can, you know, Bitcoin as of right now, if you want to price it in dollars, it's still super volatile. But the idea is that if you buy Bitcoin today, that it could potentially protect you from inflation. And that's what, you know, gets a lot of people excited or interested in Bitcoin as, you know, a, an alternative system of money. I see. But it, it's, it, there's some chaos happening out there right now. So what, it's definitely, definitely not... Go ahead. I was going to say, what, um, so if you wanted to go buy a Bitcoin today, um, you could just 
It's is it what's the abbreviation on the stock app? Because I'm trying to pull uh, it up. B- right. uh, BTC. Is it US slash USD? So it's a are they going for um are you trying to look at are you trying to look for the price? Yeah. Oh, just uh, you can type in Google, just a uh, Bitcoin price, and Google will automatically put it up. You can also put in Bitcoin converter on Google, and it'll show you, you know, the different denominations. You could convert it into any other currency and stuff. Bitcoin price. Let's see what it's at right now. I think it's at like sixty-two hundred. Holy like shit! So one sh- one Bitcoin is sixty-three hundred bucks right now. And I started and I first got into the market when it was like trading for like seven hundred back in twenty seventeen and stuff like that. But um Holy but shit. I'm, I'm are you familiar with like the like what happened in twenty seventeen with Bitcoin? No. So in twenty seventeen Bitcoin went to an all time high of twenty thousand. But then it crashed all the way back down to six thousand, went up again to fourteen thousand, crashed all the way back down to three thousand. Went up to ten thousand, then it just crashed back down to about forty one hundred, and now it's trading at the price where it's at today. So since twenty seventeen, it's been super volatility, and the price has been going crazy. But you know, um, but but what I want you to understand is is that when you see that price, you don't necessarily have to say, oh well, you know, that's too expensive because you can buy. Remember, Bitcoin can be broken down into smaller pieces, so you yeah. can buy you can buy fractions. Of a Bitcoin, you can buy five dollars worth of a Bitcoin or ten dollars worth of a Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So you know, depends okay. on what the individual wants to do and what they're comfortable with investing and so on and so forth. Got it. Okay, so for you, Mr. Wesley, what are you going to do? What's your future plans with Bitcoin? Just to kind of share your your dreams and goals here. My future endeavors. Um, well, to be honest. By training, I'm actually a chef, right? So, like, I, I like I've developed a, a, a passion and an interest for cooking nice. over the years. Um, but also want to continue to research and educate myself in blockchain and cryptocurrency. Become, you know, a reliable neutral resource for people that need information. Mm-hmm. So maybe build some kind of small consulting company, but that would be definitely, you know, a side gig and so on and so forth. But you know, I'm I'm very I'm like a kind of a free spirit. You know what I'm saying when it comes to, you know, studying things. I just study, you know, whatever it is that interests me at the moment. But currently, for the last few years, Bitcoin's been my top, you know, priority and just cryptocurrency in general. Um, but you know, besides that, all in all, just continue to go through the motions and see what life has to offer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Also, too, I do want to note too is that. When I talk about Bitcoin, I use I use Bitcoin as an example. This is an entire market. There's literally thousands of other kinds of cryptocurrencies and, you know, dozens of other kinds of blockchains that exist today. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, that's that. I don't really, like, especially when people are first learning about it, I really don't talk about that a lot because it can get super confusing to try to understand, okay, what's Ethereum, what's Litecoin, what's uh, Chainlink, and there's all kinds of tokens and coins and digital assets and non-fungible assets. So it's a whole entire world. It's like a whole another universe that once you enter it, there's all kinds of stuff that you can learn and study and whatnot. Have you, um, last question here before I forget, Have do you know of a stock that specializes in like blockchain itself? 
Because, you know, like Bitcoin... That specializes in blockchain? Yeah. So, um, like, if you were sure. to want to invest they're... in the actual blockchain instead of Bitcoin, can you do that? Well, you, you, can't, you can't necessarily invest in the blockchain in and of itself. You can invest in companies that are building blockchain-based applications. Yeah. Like, Microsoft is building a lot of things blockchain-based. Google is starting to get into a lot of blockchain-based uh, um, um, businesses as well. Um, um, all in all, there's a company called uh, what is it? It's like a it's a fund. Uh, man, I can't I can't remember what it's called off the top. Uh, Grayscale. It's called Grayscale, and they have a, a Bitcoin trust, and they have a whole bunch of other cryptocurrencies that they store, so you can buy like shares of ownership in that. But but that's not. Uh, investing into the blockchain, right? You can't necessarily invest in the blockchain. You can only invest into the native assets of that blockchain. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless you wanted to invest into a company that are building blockchain-based applications and so on and so forth. Okay. That makes sense. But yeah, there, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of them. I'm sure you can just go on Google and you know check them out. But most importantly, though, uh, you know, uh, finding reliable resources on online. I could send you like a whole little welcome package if you will i don't know if you want to yeah, call it that would be great but, uh, i'll put it in the show notes yeah, I for people send you, yeah send you a whole bunch of resources that you can read up on and whatnot because that'll definitely be helpful because i wish you know somebody i would like i'm not gonna lie i've lost a lot of money in this market i've gained some good money but all in all though like i wish that in the beginning stages i had somebody to kind of walk me through the steps so i can avoid a lot of the things that i unfortunately found myself in in the early days and so on yeah. so story so of my life right right <laughs> yeah, definitely um yeah but um as you know i always got to say that you know i'm not a financial advisor as you already know and stuff mm-hmm. like that i'm just a it's a it's a normal guy that, that kind of has like a nerdy mentality when it comes to this type of stuff so. yeah no and i like i said i really yeah. appreciate you taking the time to explain that because mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Uh, I think society is obviously headed that way. It's very obvious. But it's just a matter of kind of breaking the ice and actually taking the time to study these things and just being way more involved. Because at the end of the day, if this is going to help everything just be fair, um, then I think it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's also a good way to look at blockchain like a layer one technology, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, when we use the Internet, right, we really don't think about the complexities of the technology that allows the Internet to work. So, when blockchain is, like, fully integrated into the world, a lot of people will be using applications, but they're not necessarily going to know that they're using a blockchain. You see what I'm saying? Because it's going to be a technology that's happening in the background. Yeah. So... Investing in, in, in certain kinds of blockchain-based projects and tokens and so on and so forth, in a way, is like investing in the foundation that a city or a town or a country is built on top of, right? Yeah. It's kind of like you could use like a real estate metaphor. It's like you buy the, the land, right, and then somebody builds something on top of that land and they have to pay you rent or whatever, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay. But it is definitely an interesting market for sure. Yes, it is. Yeah. And thank you, Wesley, for being so nice and being on my podcast. Um, and oh, if you yeah, want, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> I always say biz babe it out. So, like, do you have any any pages where you would want people that are listening in right now to go to? Like, you mentioned you were 
practicing your chef skills. So, do you have an Instagram? Oh uh, yes, yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. Um, my culinary brand is called a uh, Super Sauce, and it's uh, at Super Sauce underscore the world mm-hmm. on IG. Okay. Uh, my own personal page is Cali Coins at Cali Coins twenty eight. Um, you can find me there. Usually, I have my page on private, but I've opened it up because I know that sometimes you know. People gotta, you know, they gotta see who they're dealing with before they try to follow them and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So, but um, but yeah, that, that's basically it. I'm also, I'm a part of a creative collective uh, out here, or you know, in the Bay Area, um, called Our Time Films, and that's at Our Time Films on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're doing a lot of like content, just random content, and we do movies and stuff like that as well. So, nice. you know, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, you can check that out as well. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks again, Wes. And I'll put all that info on the show notes, too. Um, So that'll be good for everyone. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of San Diego Biz Babes. We really hope you could take something from this episode and grow. If you know someone that could also use this message, share this episode. Our guest information will be in the show notes. And for updates on our next podcast and business tips, follow our Instagram at San Diego Biz Babes. At San Diego Biz-